Hi, my name is Pete Redden, and welcome to The Way I Taught It, Next Level Aviation Knowledge in Microbursts. Welcome to another edition of The Way I Taught It. I'd like to make a quick pitch for the Veterans Community Project, or VCP. They are a nonprofit dedicated to supporting every man and woman who took the oath for our country. They are determined to make a difference in the lives of homeless veterans, a task accomplished by the community for the community. Veterans Community Project, VCP. Check them out. You can find them on Facebook, LinkedIn, or at veteranscommunityproject.org. On with today's lesson, turns around a point and S-turns. So why ground reference maneuvers? If you listen to the eights on pylons episode, thank you. The beginning of this episode will sound familiar. Why ground reference maneuvers in the first place? Bottom line up front, we are flying a moving airplane within a moving air mass in relationship to a non-moving ground, respectively. Ground reference maneuvers develop a pilot's division of attention and skill. A pilot needs to control an airplane's attitude while tracking a specific path over the ground. In addition, the pilot should be able to scan for hazards such as other aircraft, prepare for an emergency landing should the need arise, and scan the flight and engine instruments at regular intervals to ensure that a pending situation, such as an oil pressure decrease, does not turn into an unexpected incident. On a foundational level, we must accomplish and practice exercises and relay those principles to the learner. In the C-17, we flew low-level missions all the time. We flew them at 300 knots and 300 feet AGL. Sounds fun, right? Sounds challenging? Sounds like you need to do a bit of pre-flight planning along your route prior to flying it? I'm not saying go out and fly 300 feet above the ground in your training aircraft. No way, absolutely not. But the principles for ground reference maneuvers in general aviation are some of the same as what I use to fly a C-17 at low level. When are we going to use these maneuvers practically? Why do we do them? Why are they required? Are they just a maneuver to pass an exam? Nah, they're not. Have you ever done S-turns on final approach to lose altitude? Have you ever spun a 360 on downwind to make room between you and another airplane? Don't you want to end up in the exact same place or on the exact same line you were flying prior to the maneuver, after the maneuver, so that you don't have to readjust your aircraft ground track and make more movements than necessary? The principles are the same. The time to practice ground reference maneuvers is not on a calm day. That's a good time to learn the fundamentals of landing, or maybe accomplish that first solo. On the days the wind is blowing steady enough to question a lesson in the pattern, that's the time to go accomplish a lesson on ground reference maneuvers. We have become so focused on accomplishing the maneuver for the practical exam, we have forgotten the principles behind the maneuver and the why behind the maneuver. One quick general note, ground reference maneuvers per the airplane flying handbook should not exceed a bank angle of 45 degrees or airspeeds greater than maneuvering speed. Let's talk about turns around a point, right? We're going to talk about turns around a point, and then we'll, turn about, we'll talk about S-turns across a road later on. And after reading the Airplane Flying Handbook, uh, these two things can be very confusing, uh, especially if you just read the section that says turns about a point or S-turns across a road. You have to read the preamble and the introduction to kind of glean the principles that are going to be used to accomplish these maneuvers on the exam. First, during your pre-flight planning, according to the Airplane Flying Handbook, you're supposed to calculate the 50-degree bank stall speed of your aircraft. This is so that you make sure and ensure that your speed that you choose that is at or below maneuvering speed is definitely above your 50-degree bank stall speed. Because again, we shouldn't go above 45 degrees in any ground reference maneuver 
and most ground reference maneuvers target between 30 and 40 degrees for their steepest bank. Second, take a look at surface winds. Determine your ground speed for the different positions throughout the maneuver. Reference the graphic on page 7-8 and jot down what your bank angles are going to look like at each position around the circle or S-turn. Take the time to do the pre-flight planning, not just because we have to do pre-flight planning, but because we're actually taking that information that we garner and we're actually applying it to our lesson or to our flight. Also, don't be afraid to use satellite pictures of your practice area during pre-flight planning to find some solid points and roads that you can navigate to, clear them of hazards ahead of time, and determine the emergency field as well prior to ever arriving there. For flight, Garmin Pilot, they all have the opportunity, even if you go online, there are websites online, uh, airnav.com, I believe you can do it, and you can look at a satellite photo zoomed in of where you're going to do your maneuvers. And you can pick out towers and intersections and points and roads and hazards in an emergency airfield prior to ever getting there. And then you just load that latitude and longitude up in your foreflight, fly over there, and you have now done some solid pre-flight planning uh, for your ground reference maneuvers at low altitude. When you're starting to maneuver, of course you want to clear the area. The Airplane Flying Handbook on page 1-12 states that there are many techniques to clear the area, not just clearing turns. Bottom line, make sure you are purposefully looking outside for threats prior to descending down to accomplish any ground reference maneuver. What are we looking for? Well, the AFH states that we are looking for other traffic, a place to land if our engine quits, and obstacles that may be threats. Next thing we have to do is determine or identify a point for our turns around the point. We're going to hold off on S turns for the time being. The point should be predominant on the landscape, but singular in nature. A barn versus a group of buildings. An intersection versus a city block. Once we have identified that, we need to establish ourselves on the downwind to enter the maneuver. Fly a mile or two, about 30 or, 30 or 60 seconds, depending on your airspeed, if you're flying closer to 120 knots, about 30 seconds. If you're flying closer to 60 knots, about 60 seconds from your point to get down to your entry altitude and airspeed. Get the power and trim set. Make sure you have these set and stabilized prior to entering the maneuver. As you approach the center point, begin to look ahead at the ground track to the point abeam your center point that would be your entry point. Now this isn't in the airplane flying handbook. This is my technique. I picked the center reference point and then I lay breadcrumbs around that point to establish the circle ground track that I want to fly around that point, all equidistant from the center. Again, you can use a satellite photo of your area to find these. If you fly to these four points around the ground track, the wind correction and bank angles will take care of themselves, eventually with practice. We are using a bit of pilotage during the maneuver. I mean, after all, we're pilots. This brings up a quick discussion on my technique called the triad of clearing. Think of a triangle and the three points out the front window to navigate, clear and follow your tra ground track, out the side window to monitor your reference point and clear in the direction of your turn, and finally the altimeter and airspeed. If you establish the scan out in front, to the side, and on your instruments, you'll have nothing but success in your maneuvers and you'll never get caught up staring at your instruments. Now that we are downwind and we're on our entry leg and we're coming up a beam our center point over our first point of the four defining our ground track, we need to purposefully and quickly establish our 30 degree bank in the direction of the center point. 
This should be practiced at altitude, and you should be able to do it without referencing the attitude indicator. Remember, we are at low altitude, eyes outside. I like to think of the phrase, boom there or bam there. That time it takes to speak either one of those phrases is about the time it takes to establish a 30 degree bank. So boom, there's 30 degrees. Bam, there's 30 degrees. That's about how long it should take you to establish that 30 degree bank. Now we have a few things to think about during our triad of clearing. We want to find that next breadcrumb to fly to with our bank decreasing to about 15 degrees of bank over that point. As you roll out of bank, your goal is not to have to roll back in. Remember, our ground speed is slowing the whole time during this part of the maneuver. Once we are over that point, we need to look for our next point, roll out of our 15 degrees of bank gradually to near zero degrees or at least less than five degrees. We are now 180 degrees opposite from our entry point at our slowest ground speed and shallowest bank. From here, our ground speed will gradually increase, so our bank is going to gradually increase back to our original starting point, back to our original bank angle of 30 degrees. At our third breadcrumb, we are about three quarters of the way around the turn. Our bank angle should approximately be 15 degrees of bank and then steepening towards 30 as we approach the starting point. Again, couple that with the triad of clearing and you will fly it close to flawless with some practice. I also find that flying a tighter ground track to the center point makes the maneuver easier. Most folks I see fly too far from the point and it makes it very confusing because we don't see the steep turn and the shallow turn and the medium turn, the banks. We don't see the change. It's When you fly too far away, it's too gradual of a change and it's very hard to do. So what about S-turns? Well, believe it or not, an S-turn is a turnaround a point with a twist in the middle, literally. Use the same principles. Drop the breadcrumbs, pick your points, and execute. I will give you this one piece of advice for S-turns. Be patient. Folks I see rush these all the time and they end up accomplishing the entire maneuver with 30 degrees of bank and they never vary the bank angle. They never demonstrate their understanding of the difference in ground speeds requiring different bank angles. Be patient and allow the middle of the maneuver to develop. Again, 30 to 15 degrees during the first part of the turn. Hold that 15 degrees till about halfway to the, the turn reversal or the middle of the maneuver or over the road. Then play it out the bank slowly so the wings are level over the road. Here's the catch. Once you're over the road and heading upwind, you should be banking about one to three degrees in the direction of the turn, now turning opposite what you did. Don't rush it though. Remember, you need to get to 15 degrees by the next breadcrumb, but you also need to separate yourself and build distance between you and the road so there's enough turn, there's enough distance, enough offset to make the turn back to the road at 30 degrees of bank. Once you reach the next breadcrumb and you've had that 15 degrees established, things will start happening very fast as your ground speed now builds up with more and more of a direct tailwind until you are 30 degrees of bank over the road again and exiting a maneuver. When you get really good, you can string two S turns together, creating a figure eight. And at the same time, you've also done two turns about a point. So to recap, determine your points and 15 degree bank stall speed during pre-flight planning. 
clear the area prior to descending in for the maneuver, look for your emergency airfield as well. Ensure you're choosing a center point that is predominant but singular and potentially four other points around the circle that you want to fly. Once established on the entry leg, ensure your power setting and trim are locked in to the speed at or below maneuvering speed that you've selected. Establish your triad of clearing. The first turn is the steepest at 30 degrees a bank. Think boom, there's 30 degrees or bam, there's 30 degrees. Don't roll back into bank once you've rolled out of it till the second half of the maneuver. Again, as we enter the maneuver, we're at 30 degrees of bank and we're slowly going to roll out of bank. And then when we're halfway through the maneuver, we're going to go from zero degrees of bank back up to 30 degrees of bank. And you kind of need to plot that out along your ground track. Don't roll back into bank once you've rolled out of bank. And the same uh, vice versa on the second half of the maneuver. And just remember the S turn is a turn about a point with a twist in the middle. Don't rush, take it slow. Again, I'm Pete Redden, and that's another episode of The Way I Taught It. Thank you for finding this podcast worthy of your inclusion in your study of aviation. Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If not, please leave feedback on how to improve this podcast in an associated less than five-star review. Until next time, fly safe and fly smart. That's The Way I Taught It. Episode references, Airplane Flying Handbook, Chapters 1, 4, 7, and Personal Experience.